Welcome to Fertility Friendly Food. I'm your host, Stephanie Velarkis, accredited practicing dietitian and nutritionist and director of The Dietologist, an Australian-based practice focused on optimizing fertility through nutrition. This podcast will bring you snack-sized episodes for you to learn, grow, and be inspired by the latest research, facts, and practical lifestyle tips about eating well for optimal fertility, helping you cut through the confusion and myths to take back some of the control on your fertility journey, one bite at a time. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fertility Friendly Food, the podcast. My name is Stephanie Velakis, and I'm an expert fertility dietitian and nutritionist and founder of The Dietologist. Now, before we get into today's episode, just a reminder, you are invited to my free fertility masterclass, which is available for you to tune into. It's 60 minutes of jam-packed information talking you through the top four fertility diet mistakes that I see my one-on-one clients making and what to do instead using my practical nutrition strategies that I do use with my virtual clients every single day. So spots do fill up, so be sure to save your seat using the link in the show notes below and I will see you there. Now on to today's bite-sized episode all about caffeine, coffee and fertility And we are welcoming back our team dietitian, Kay. Hey, Kay. Hello. Thank you for having me back again. You're most welcome. We love having you and we love your research brain. (laughs) So we like picking those. And I think this topic definitely warrants those skills because there is, as we will soon find out, um, a bit of a mixed bag when it comes to research on caffeine and fertility, right? So let's answer one of this, one of these top asked questions in our Facebook community, Instagram DMs, clients, let's get right on into it, right? Yep, this is literally one of the first things that my beautiful clients ask me. Please tell me, Kay, can I still have my morning coffee or two? Um, So, yes, a lot of us, especially in Australia, we love our coffee. We get fantastic coffee over here. So it's not just a wake-me-up-in-the-morning thing, but it's also a social thing for a lot of us. So, Steph, I know you definitely can't get through the day without your morning coffee. Um, And for me, to be honest, I don't think coffee affects me much in terms of energy. Like, I had my first coffee today at 12 o'clock, midday, not a.m., So, yeah, I don't think it affects me. Maybe I'm one of those non-responders or maybe I always have just too much energy. That's another problem of mine. Um, But it's a bit of a habit. So I do really enjoy drinking coffee. Um, Yeah, really as well when I go out for breakfast with friends or family and, yeah, just a little routine morning coffee for myself. So recently there's been a lot of mixed messages out there on Dr. Google about the effect of caffeine and um, really caffeine, not just coffee, by the way, and our chances of conceiving. So I'm going to dispel some of those myths here. Awesome. So what is caffeine? So caffeine is just a compound, mainly found, yes, in coffee beans, but also tea. So black 
tea, green tea, matcha tea, oolong and white teas, and then also chocolate or cocoa products, energy drinks and soft drinks or sodas um, as well like cola. So the way that caffeine works is that it stimulates the central nervous system, so our brain, our spine, our our nervous system, which in most people, clearly not you though, Kaylee, (laughs) but it reduces the perception of fatigue, which gives you this sense of increased energy or alertness, right? So this is similar to the sensation that you get when you eat you know, high energy foods like a lolly or something give you an extra burst. But it's the same feeling, but it's not working the same biological mechanism in the body. So this is working on a different level. So is that affecting that nervous system, you know, role that it's playing? Is that going to affect fertility at all? And if so, how? Can you share with us, Kay? Yep. So the first issue we have is that the studies that have explored the effects of caffeine on reproductive outcomes are not extensive. And in general, they've yielded inconsistent results. So, you know, some say yes, some say no kind of thing. If you were to think about it, we can't perform a proper clinical trial in this area because firstly, it's unethical. So similar to trying to perform a trial with alcohol and fertility or pregnancy, um, so it's, un- it's unethical to give half the participants high doses of caffeine um, and, you know, see what happens. And again, who's going to sign up for that? I sure am not. So several mechanisms have been theorized to explain how caffeine might affect reproductive function. Firstly, it is suggested that caffeine might lead to increased estrogen levels and this then affecting ovulation and the function of our corpus luteum which is important for establishing and supporting early pregnancy. The second theory is that it's thought that caffeine can also cross the placental barrier and its effect on utero-placental, so it's a big word, circulation may restrict embryonic and placental growth. So that's more in terms of the pregnancy um, side of things. So what do the studies say? Basically, there was a study conducted in 2011, and that was done on mice, and they found that caffeine can affect the way that the muscles in the fallopian tubes contract. So I know this wasn't done in humans, but it's still something to think about. Um, And they saw that caffeine can, in fact, stop some of the cells that line the walls of our fallopian tubes from functioning properly. This can also result in difficulty for the embryo to be transferred from the fallopian tubes and into the uterus to implant. Another study that was done a year later, so in 2012, they found that caffeine consumption can in fact be linked to reduced estrogen levels here. So this in turn then preventing ovulation and reducing your chances of conceiving. Um, And again, this is somewhat contradictory to one of our proposed mechanisms that I mentioned a couple seconds ago. So the idea here is that clearly too much or too little estrogen can affect our fertility and the way which caffeine affects everyone is obviously different. And contrary to the above studies, a 2017 meta-analysis, and this is basically a big study with a lot of literature, they saw that there were no strong associations with caffeine and fertility or time to pregnancy. Um, Also, an Italian study that was in this um, meta-analysis looked at the link between caffeine and IVF outcomes, and what they saw was that that a moderate intake of caffeine, so around 200 milligrams per day, had no effect on the outcome of IVF. 
So we've got one more study for you. And basically the last one is a recent systematic review and meta-analysis saw that the risk of miscarriage was nearly 40% higher with caffeine intakes above 300 milligrams per day. And it also continued in a dose response manner, which basically means the higher the caffeine intake, the higher the risk of miscarriage. However, some of those authors um, found no, assace, uh, no association between caffeine intake and other reproductive outcomes, including fertility, times of pregnancy as well. So as you can probably hear, the research is pretty conflicting. So there's no clear you know, right or wrong answer here. So the research does support the advice that is recommended by the World Health Organization and also um, within our current Australian guidelines, which again, like the alcohol guidelines are a bit outdated and should probably um, be updated. But they say that women trying to conceive, and this is what we, both Steph and I recommend to our um, clients at the dietologist, that women as well as men should consume up to two cups of coffee. So no more than 200 milligrams of caffeine per day when trying to conceive. So what does this look like? Um, basically one shot of espresso. So that's what would be in a regular coffee, like a latte or a cappuccino from your coffee shop has roughly around 90 to 120 milligrams of caffeine in it. Um, so, you know, two of those would be two, around 200 milligrams. One teaspoon of instant coffee has about 60 milligrams. Um, black tea has around 50 milligrams of caffeine and green tea around 30 milligrams of caffeine. And as Steph mentioned earlier, um, chocolate and cocoa products also do have caffeine. So roughly around 60 grams of milk or dark chocolate can have up to 40 grams milligrams of caffeine. And also one can of soft drink like Coca-Cola has 30 to 40 milligrams of caffeine. So that's a lot of information to take all at once. How about, Steph, you give us some um, tips on weaning from caffeine? So as some of you might know, caffeine withdrawal or coffee withdrawal is a real thing. Yeah, I have tried to do this a few times myself. And, um, yeah, caffeine withdrawal is real. So definitely don't go cold turkey. I think the only time I see people going cold turkey and not experiencing any yucky withdrawal symptoms is when they do actually conceive in the first trimester a lot of women in early pregnancy are really turned off by caffeine just the smell the taste everything just is icky so that's the only time but if you're you know a three four cup a day or you're having two cups of coffee and a few teas in a day that are caffeinated and you realize oh I gotta pull it in um don't go cold turkey because you will feel it so just drop one caffeinated drink out of your day for a week and then drop the next one in the next one until you get to your desired level hydrate with something else um, so don't let that um, be your only source of fluid and then just eliminate it and you end up quite dehydrated so try just water or a cold in tea infusion to flavor your water or you could even use a low like low kilojoule probiotic drink like kombucha. There's some other um, less fermented products available on the market as well. Uh, make sure you get enough sleep if you're using it to help with your fatigue um, and don't 
you know, don't let caffeine cloud really bad energy levels of fatigue, which could really be telling us a story of potentially a nutrient deficiency or under eating or maybe not balancing your meals right. And if you are a social coffee drinker like me, uh, either with your colleagues or friends, try doing a walking meeting, ordering a hot chocolate or a chai latte instead. They'll have less caffeine um, or opt for a decaf option too. That's totally fine. They have hardly any caffeine at all. Um, So about 1% of the usual amount of caffeine. So decaf's totally fine. So if you want the taste but not the caffeine, that's a perfect option. Thanks so much, Kate, for coming onto the podcast again. We love picking your brains. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it, as I say every time. Um, Yeah, if you ever need any help with anything and um, with your fertility, with caffeine intake, anything nutrition-related, please book in with us at the clinic and we'd love to see you. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, We work on, you know, all these individual things, but usually simultaneously, right? We don't just do a whole consult on caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> We're a bit more efficient than that. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to subscribe, everyone. Leave a rating and review an Apple podcast that just helps us get and reach even more people and share with your partner, friends, or family. And don't forget, save your seat for my next free online masterclass available all around the world from your laptop to learn about the four key fertility diet mistakes that I see my clients making and what to do instead. And hint, hint, caffeine may or may not feature in that masterclass. Uh, If you would like to save your seat, link in the show notes below. And if you do join me, I will also be gifting you a little something. So uh, go and check that out. I will catch you all in the next episode, everyone. Bye.